Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Sick Meets World podcast. I'm Sean Gooman. My name is Growen Singahuja. And we are in LA. We are. We're in a Airbnb in a closet talking to you in this podcast. Yeah, in Koreatown. So, uh, K-Town, what up? Yeah, what's up, K-Town? From the closet. <laughs> um, but yeah, we just had a... We're about to release a video with Funny or Die. We're about to film a video with Funny or Die tomorrow. Uh, very exciting. We've been working on it for over a year. And uh, this podcast covers the female lead, just lean, uh, with uh, who's being portrayed by Insta star Sandy Gill, aka the Sandy Lion. Uh, and we talked about, you know, what her, how she built such a big audience on Instagram, um, her career in fashion, her career in education how those two things are somehow, you know, related, which there is a relation you'll see in the podcast. There's a common theme throughout her whole life that you'll see. And uh, just like what, what she wants to do with her career and what she wants to do with this video. So it was super fascinating conversation because there's a lot of six that are really interested in fashion. And I think she gives some great tips to, to people that want to pursue that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. she's grown in such a big audience in such a quick time. And yeah. I think she's a, a fantastic person to play this character that we've been you know, thinking about for so long. Uh, and then, you know, when we, we came across her profile and was like, yeah, yeah. this is perfect. Uh, perfect person. Yeah. So uh, super cool. Also good friends with the uh, uh, other very powerful influencers, Humble the Poet and Lily Singh. I think it's fair to say Lily Singh is like a full-blown superstar now. So, uh, but anyway, without further ado, the Sandy Lion. Welcome to a new episode of Sick Meets World. We're here with Sandy Gill, a.k.a. The Sandy Lion. Um, so, Sandy, you are like a million things. You're a fashion designer. <laughs> a chameleon. A chameleon, yes. A uh, fashion designer, a stylist, an author, a teacher, and a lot more stuff. How, how would you describe yourself and what we're ultimately trying to drive up to is 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 your your life story here so how would you describe your how would you describe yourself um i would probably use one of two words either teacher or chameleon what i said earlier because i feel that teaching really encompasses everything that i do whether it's on the fashion side or on on social media or in the classroom so Mm -hmm. it's like that's that's kind of my my one title mm-hmm. um, and chameleon just like all the different stuff I do requires adapting and learning and like you know feeling or like adapting to an atmosphere and whatnot so I think those two would really describe what it is, what it is that I do mm-hmm. if I had to use a word I had to use a word how do you okay <laughs> got it so um you're you're most infamous for 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 fashion. Um, was there like a single moment that compelled you to get into fashion? Was it something you were always interested 
in, but how, how did you decide to, how did you decide you wanted to pursue it? So growing up, I, it was always something that intrigued me. And I, you know, always saw my dad, like in his, watching him like get dressed up and like pick a different tie to match his mm-hmm. suit and just be really passionate about putting things together. Um, and even my sisters, like they have grown up around really fashionable people, just really artistic minds. And that uh, manifested itself after I graduated from teacher's college. So I, w- I went to school for teaching and um, everybody around me, whether it's like Humble, Lily, my friends, my family, like everyone's been very, very artistic. And that was when I was like, I think I'm going to try and also dabble into art mm-hmm. and um, try to showcase my, my fashion or my outfits and whatnot online. And really my friends pushed me to showcase it on mm-hmm. the internet and Mm-hmm. Just share my ideas. That's mm-hmm. a, a, literally how it happened. How it happened. Like, yeah. how, so how was it like growing up? Were you like, like, were you, did you have a creativity streak as a child or did you like try on different, you know, like some girls like say that, you know, I was always trying things on when I was a kid and that just like manifested itself to me being into, to, to clothing and yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. So like I said before, like watching my dad and mm-hmm. my sisters and also the, the fact that I had to do as much with as little clothing as I had. Like, mm-hmm. just with my sisters. Every year, my mom would be like, mm-hmm. okay, two shirts, two yep. pairs of pants. This yep. is your back-to-school shopping budget. Oh, wow. Like, Because um, yeah. I, I come from a family of four daughters, so it yep. wasn't like every year, you know, everybody just goes on a shopping yeah. spree. Um, so I always had to make do with what I had and, like, borrow off my sisters, and mm-hmm. that really pushed the creativity. Yeah. So I had I, I wanted to be creative and, like, have... A different outfit every day or a different look every day but worked with what I had so yeah. um, just really fine-tuning that even in school the the subjects that I excelled in the most were art yeah. I wasn't really like a math uh, person language or art because I could express myself in writing or I could express myself through art so just really fine-tuning that through the years yeah um, and then going to school only to realize that maybe I should just be doing something creative right yeah. so this actually being restricted and not being able to have so many options actually is what drove your creativity yeah and just yeah. forced me to uh work with what i had to right. express myself were you like there was our moments in school because you were so limited you realized like oh man i gotta like because like i'm trying to think back when i was like in like an elementary school or younger like the the cool thing to do is like wear a really cool outfit and then like sharpen your pencil so everyone can see your cool outfit. Oh yeah, yeah. all day. Walk, <laughs> walk to your locker and like uh, yeah. casually yeah. during during class. Yeah, be like, totally. Oh, did you did you yeah. just see what I just did? Yeah, but so was that was there like moments where you're like, oh shit, like I don't look as good as as the other girls do, and like I really want, I'm like really something. This is something I want to focus on. To be honest, mm-hmm. no, I, it was never about that for mm. me. I, it was just always about expressing my emotions through clothing because I Sorry. never really did it by talking to my friends or talking to my family. I never really expressed myself in that way. Yep. So I, that was how I would express myself. Yep. If I was just having a blah day, I was going to rock a, sweat, a sweatshirt and, right. and jeans. Right. If I was having a really good day, felt right. really good about myself, I was going to do something to my hair today right. and, you know, take it, take it up a little bit. Right. Um, and then there were times when, like, I'd know my, my eldest sister's going on vacation. Right. So that was like 
the game oh, changing yeah, because you could I just would take all the clothes, the closet, yeah. Yeah. make sure I put everything back where yeah. it was, and that, that would be the week where I would just be feeling the greatest. And it was never because I wanted to feel like the other girls or dress like the other mm -hmm. girls or even that something that the other girls were wearing made me feel like I needed to have it. Yeah. It was just my my ex form of expression. Got it. The reason why I asked that question is because I was actually not I'm I'm I was never that into fashion before, mm -hmm. but my uh, there was like a single moment that instigated me to like think more more thoughtfully about what I was wearing. And I don't know, I don't know if I'm very fashionable now, but like at least I'm much more thoughtful about it. So the story's a little, little it's much more scarring than mm -hmm. like than 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 your like the yours. I so have a story too. You have a scar. Yeah. So okay, okay. I'll tell my scarring story, then I want to hear your scarring story. So my <laughs> scarring story was like, so that I, we were talking about it, the politics earlier because I, that's what I used to do. So I I was working on the Obama campaign and we had won the campaign, mm -hmm. and I didn't know President Obama was coming to the office. And I was wearing gym shorts and a, like a like a like a white shirt, like a white like undershirt, because I was like, oh, we won. I just like don't care about what I'm wearing. And he randomly shows up to the office because we won, and he's walking up and giving everybody hugs. And he like stops and looks at me, and he sees that I'm wearing gym shorts and mm -hmm. he's like the president of the United States. And he looks at me. And he's like, he gives me that look like what like what? And then. Yeah. He looks down at my legs. He's like, what? Well, nice legs, man. But he's not saying, like, nice <laughs> legs, like, you have nice yeah. legs. He's, like, saying, like, what the hell are you wearing? I'm the president. I'm the commander-in-chief of, of the United States. Why are you wearing shorts in front of me? And then he gave me a hug, and it was great, and he, everyone laughed. But, like, in that moment, I was like, I got to be more mindful about what I'm wearing. And then ever since then, I've been very mindful about what I'm wearing. And then after that, I wore khakis for, like, a week, even when I went to sleep. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Every day. So, like, that that was my scarring, like, oh, my God, I messed up so bad that I really have to be, like, wear nice clothes. That I don't know if you never had that. Um, well, my scarring story is a bit mm. different. Um, when I was really young, yeah. we were going to um, a reception, a wedding reception, yeah. you know, a banquet hall party. Mm -hmm. And back then, um, my again, like I mentioned earlier, my dad was very meticulous in like picking his outfits and he would really put a lot of time and effort between in into what he'd wear to yeah. wedding receptions. You know, you only get like one hall party a yeah. year or so. Um, I remember this one event we went to and everyone like my mom was telling me about how some of the other uncles had made fun of him yeah and were like oh you guys are probably late because he was getting ready or picking his tie yep. just poking fun at him for that right and that moment even though it didn't really affect anyone in my family mm -hmm. too much it was always something that i think about i was just like why are these guys making fun of my dad like right. i was all in defensive right mode. right right but, right um and I, for me it just didn't make sense because i was like it makes him so happy mm -hmm. like he looks forward to coming home early mm -hmm. to pick out his outfit and put it on. And that's just like a, ha a happy place for yep. him. And why are these guys making fun of him? So that yep. would always like come back to mind when I'm when I'm getting ready or getting ready to go somewhere and mm -hmm. remembering why I do it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like for that feeling. Yep. That's really cool. That's Mic really cool. drop. Boom. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> so dad is the, the main influencer here. Yeah. Yeah. So... You're, but you're an influencer, so your dad is really the, the daddy the, the influencer. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Okay, um, he's the, Dar the the Darth Vader in this situation, <laughs> but a nice one, a nice Darth. Um, uh, audience, I'm I'm looking at my phone to pick the question. Sorry. <laughs> um, 
So how? So then, let's get into like how you built such a such a big following. Then, so you knew you had you built this interest. You 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 knew you wanted to do it. Like, could you walk through a little bit in detail? Like, how did you decide to take this interest and then use social media? Mm-hmm. And then how did you use it successfully? Because a lot of people want to do you, what you do and like build an audience that big, mm-hmm. but not everyone has been able to do it. So if you could talk through how you got into using leveraging social and then why you think you've been successful at it. So, like I was mentioning earlier, when I started social media, I this was like in the beginning of the Instagram days, mm-hmm. and I had a private account, and my friends, mm-hmm. notably Humble, was like, mm-hmm. you need to take your Instagram off private and mm-hmm. stop, just stop being a private fashion Instagram person, like, mm-hmm. put it out there for the world to see, mm-hmm. and before that, I had never even thought of doing that or, or having that as an option, mm-hmm. and... Um, when I did it, it felt really freeing and it just felt like, oh, so many people mm-hmm. are inspired or they're, you know, taking something from what I posted. Why was I holding this back from the world for so long? Yeah. Um, and then just using that and being consistent with it and, you know, posting inspiration every day or, or you know, every week and bringing forward new, fresh ideas that people um, are motivated by mm-hmm. and encouraged by so just doing that um, and and of course like I said consistency just working and then working with the right people as well like not being uh, closed off being open to collaboration mm-hmm. um, working with Lily was huge mm-hmm. because at that time when she was attending different events like she would come to me and we would work together on outfits that would Mm. um create a message that we're trying to send and just continuously doing those kind of things being open to them and just putting it out there for the world to consume was was what Mm -hmm. i did so like consistency being able to open to collaboration just being fearless and and just putting putting it out putting it out there right that that actually really maps i feel like maps lily's model on youtube actually Mm -hmm. But you just did it on Instagram. Yeah, yeah and yeah. super, super grateful to have her around to kind of pick her brain and see mm-hmm. how she did it and right. kind of steer away from some of the mistakes that she shared or right. and just... Right. And for the people that don't know, Lily, the Lily that she's talking about <laughs> is Lily Singh, who is... I, I, I thought, Superwoman, I, uh, I. <laughs> yeah, which I would say arguably is the, she's the biggest YouTuber, like, ever. Mm. So... Also has a new show coming out on NBC, so check that out. Um, what, so what? So you you've amassed this following. What are you ultimately trying to share with your with your followers here? Like, what do you what do you what do you want your? I'm sure you're very yeah. thoughtful about this. Um, like, what are you trying to get across to to your audience? Um, the main thing that I I would say I'm trying to get across is just being fearless and sharing those moments with other people mm-hmm. because that's ultimately what we're all trying to do is just mm-hmm. live without fear and figure out what we're scared of and and just um, like get to know ourselves really and share that with the world and share that with the people that we love. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's. In a sen- like in a sentence, that's really what I'm trying to do, whether mm-hmm. that's through my teaching, sharing my experiences, um, brightening people's day just mm-hmm. with in- inspiration. Mm-hmm. That's it. All I want to do is get to know myself really well and share that with the world and share my messages and what inspires me with the world, hoping that 
put a smile on someone's face. Mm-hmm. I also yeah. want to get to your your career as, as an educator, but before before we do that, if I want to kind of put a, a bow on on this fashion conversation. The, he was saying not to touch the Oh, yeah, he was telling me. Yeah, Sean was telling me, our comms director, not Sorry. to touch the table. I'm touching the table. Um, the um, Thank you. <laughs> I'm about to get yelled at. Anyway, good. yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah, to put a bow on the, on the fashion comp piece is what, if, if you were like a, tw- tw- like just getting started in fashion, say you're like mm-hmm. 22, 21 version of, you out there somewhere which i'm confident there is and they want to get into fashion what is your advice to them in in terms of just being fashionable and and to like actionable things they can either do to also inspire people with their fashion Mm -hmm. uh either online or in person or um or actually pursue it as a career i would say definitely make sure that first off it's incorporated incorporated in your daily life like every single day you're doing something that is feeding that fashion hunger mm-hmm. whether that's like dressing up in an outfit taking a picture posting it online mm-hmm. or going just going to the mall to be inspired by things that you see mm-hmm. um constantly feeding it and just learning and exposing yourself to that art every day is huge um i find sometimes you get so caught up in the business of it that you you stop exposing yourself to the actual art on a mm-hmm. daily basis and that's something that I've learned so that would be my number one tip exposing yourself to it daily right including it in your daily schedule um and not being afraid to share it with the world mm-hmm. like put it out there reach out to people who you want to share that with whether it's dressing them up for for an event or you know for your blog whatever what have you reach out to people, collaborate, mm-hmm. and share. Mm-hmm. Word. Um, and then what many people may not know is that you are also an educator. How did you get into education and then kind of bringing the conversation back to, to your childhood or early on? How did you get into education and what motivated you to get into education? That was actually not planned at all. <laughs> I... Went to U of T for my bachelor's in political science. Actually. Oh, no way. Okay, yeah. Because cool. I was like, yo, I'm going to be a politician. I'm going to yeah. be the prime minister of the country. This yeah. is my plan. Yeah. And then literally first year, I was like, yeah. F this. <laughs> like, nope. Yeah. This is just, it, I just found that it was, it was something I was passionate about, mm-hmm. but I felt like I wouldn't have been able to make the difference that I wanted yeah. in a job in politics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my, my sister, one of them, and her husband are also actually teachers. Yeah. So at that time, I just saw that their life was mm-hmm. pretty good. Like, they yeah. really enjoyed what they were doing every day. Yeah. And they were really the only people in my life that... This is so funny because I had the exact opposite. <laughs> like, I wanted to be a teacher, but mm-hmm. then I decided, go, continue. Yeah, go ahead. But yeah, I yeah. just, like, out of everybody that worked around me, like, they were just the people that really had interesting yeah. stories. And they... Yeah. And I love being with kids. Like, mm-hmm. I love kids more than I love adults. I could spend mm-hmm. my day with kids mm-hmm. and just, like, one hour with adults, and that mm-hmm. would be, like, my ideal day oh, <laughs> set up. Wow. So it was. It just made sense. Mm-hmm. And so I went, did my, I did my teaching certificate, got my mm-hmm. master's of education, and then literally just got a job immediately after. And oh, wow. I 
I loved it. I love, and I still do. Like I love every single day going into work. Wow. It's just a very fulfilling career. Yeah. And I find that being surrounded by children on a daily basis really keeps me creative and yeah. really just keeps me stimulated and just like yeah. down to earth and um, the routine. Yeah. Everything just at that point, all the ducks lined up. I was just like, yeah. okay, this is an eight to three yeah. job. Yeah. Uh, summer's off. Yeah. But all the planning and the work that goes into it is stuff that I actually give a shit about. Yeah. Like, I, I want to plan a lesson for a grade six class. I want to, like, be creative with the way that I present this unit to my yeah. students. I want to be creative with my seating plan. Like, this is the stuff that I really was enthusiastic about. Yeah. And, um... So it just, it made total sense. And for me, it was, I figured that, I figured all that out on the way. Yeah. Like I didn't, I'd never had a plan for it. Yeah. I never knew that this is what things would look like for me, but um, figured that out on the way. And that just goes to really show if there's any young people listening, like yeah. you don't have to have a plan. Right. You can just kind of make it up right. on the way. Right. That, that I agree. I, I did not have a plan. That's <laughs> where we're that converges back. Um, what, what grades do you teach? I've taught, uh, this year I was teaching grade six, yep. but I've taught grade three, grade eight, grade two, yep. kindergarten for a very, very short period of time. But yep. uh, my most recent and favorite grade to teach would be grade six. Why? Because um, the age is really great. Like yeah. they're, they're at an age where they're really eager to come to school and they're yeah. enthusiastic about it. But at the same time, like, they're independent and they, you, you can have a conversation with them yeah. and you can kind of delegate and and they'll pick it up. Well, yeah, exactly. And yeah. like, they're not like the younger grades. Sometimes it's just a lot of like on your feet and a lot of just answering questions. And just, why? Why? Yeah, exactly. Why? Yeah. Miss Gill, can I go to the bathroom? Can yeah. I go? Can I, and yeah. like those, that yeah. <laughs> for me, <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. So um, it was just the perfect grade. And I really love the, the grade six curriculum. It's yeah. fun to teach. So and then is your curriculum like, like every, like, is it, because I remember my elementary school teachers basically taught everything. Like taught yeah. Like, so so you, elementary teaches everything yeah. other than, uh, well, in some schools it's different, but I did not teach gym, music, mm-hmm. French, um, but everything else. What's your favorite class. subject to teach? Probably history or language. Mm. Um, and art, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just hard to pick because even though I hated math as mm-hmm. a, um, mm-hmm. As a student, it's mm-hmm. actually a little bit easier to teach because it's... Because there's just... an answer. There's an answer. Sorry? Yeah, there's an yeah, answer. Yeah, there's an answer, answer, but yeah. also, like, yeah. it's just divided into, like, clean-cut lessons. Like, yeah. you're going to teach this one day, and it's just very... Mm-hmm. It's easier to organize. Right. Um, but I have the most fun, probably, with, with history and mm-hmm. art. What history What history do you even learn in sixth grade? I don't even remember. So, in grade six, it's actually just about the early civilizations. Yeah. And then we oh, talk a lot cool. about, like, immigration. Yeah. Um, into Canada. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. So it's it's interesting because yeah. the history is always always something that the kids are keen to like connect with and relate to, and um, I just find I can share a lot of personal stories with them that keep them on the edge of their seat. Yeah. And, like really interested. Yeah. So. Is there any like fun teacher moments that you want to share? Yeah. Fun teacher moments. This one. We have to go come back to this. One. Okay, well, never this mind. Cannot, no fun teacher moments. I cannot moments. think, and no. also I have to think if I'm allowed to share them. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, you know what? Let's not because who knows? What, because some what, of the fun ones are the ones that I can't share. Yeah. So. Okay, yeah. Let's moving on. Um, 
So you also wrote a book about education, about yeah. reading. Can you tell us a little bit about that and uh, what motivated you to write the book? So that book I actually wrote while I was still um, completing my master's of education. Mm-hmm. And it was a, for a project that was based around literacy mm-hmm. and just the access to literacy in different parts of the world. And mm-hmm. so I had decided to write a children's book for that project. And at that time, I just wrote a bunch of different poems or mm-hmm. like you know a book of poems and then I had made illustrations going with each poem and it was just all based around literacy and like promotion of of it in the world mm-hmm. um and fast forward about four years I still had the originals I had all the drawings I had all the poems and I decided to just put it into a book oh wow and because it the poems put together mm-hmm. do share a story and mm-hmm. the story is about um children all around the world reading a book and sharing how reading is the happiest part of their day right and each illustration is a kid from a different part of the world reading the exact same book yeah so um it's just every time i I read it to a set of kids like that's what they pick up is like oh there's people from all around the world they're all reading the same book and that's really just to go to show that reading is one language that we all share right and no matter where you are in the world you can read the same book as me and Mm -hmm. that's somewhere we can connect Mm -hmm. and um yeah and it was just like to to promote that idea and to share that idea Mm -hmm. with kids so that you know they think like oh my god there are kids in in some parts of the world who don't have the ability to do this right and what can we do about it right Mm. how did you decide to write poems about reading um because following well to be very honest following like a poem outline Mm -hmm. is easier to write to for me Mm -hmm. than just going free and just writing whatever so I was following like a format yeah and it was just like um I'm trying to think of one of the pages like I was just following that format and then Mm -hmm. following the rhyme scheme and just writing a story about a kid in each country reading a book interesting oh wow like Amr and Rima read folktales in the fields yeah Uh, Blah, blah, blah. No, 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 I get yeah. it. I get it. I used to. I had to write a lot of poetry. It was just in like the base school. that I followed. Yeah. It was just easier to write to an outline. Then like me, just complete just randomness, exactly. right? Yeah. No, no, I I totally get that. Um, that's cool. Um, where can people buy it? It's on Amazon, yeah. and um, actually, all the proceeds go to Midui. Yeah. So it's just on Amazon. You can Google mm-hmm. reading all around the world on Amazon, okay. and it should come right up. Um, our executive director bought a copy, so yeah. buy it. It's, it's good. very for her kid kids. She friendly. bought it for her kids. Yeah. She bought it for kids. Actually, this past yeah. week um, in Toronto is mm-hmm. Literacy Week. Yeah. So I actually did a week full of um, readings of my book in just classrooms and reading the kids and then having them connect to the text and had a whole lesson plan and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, that's pretty. So it's cool. Just a really digestible book. book. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I, I, this is, I guess, the last question on education. We'll, we'll start wrapping this up. Uh, what, because people, there's going to be a lot of people listening to this that also may want to get into education. Mm-hmm. How, what, what would you, what's your advice to those people? Um, being teachers? Yeah. Um, my advice to them is, like, make sure, first of all, mm-hmm. that you can, be with children all day because <laughs> make sure can, you can handle the yes, craziness because that's it's what easily that's ad- like you can easily identify the people who are really doing it because of the kids and mm-hmm. like 
to make that experience for them great. So just make sure, number one, that you will love being in a setting with children mm-hmm. and make sure that you're okay with things changing up on you every day because as a teacher, you have to be very, very flexible and mm-hmm. you have to be patient. Mm-hmm. So if one day you get into work and like one kid decides that you're not going to do what you plan to do, you right. have to be okay with that. Right. Or you have to be well-equipped to kind of avert that. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. So, yeah. And yeah. I think those are the two things that I I learned very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, the the last question here before we get to, to the funny or die stuff, because that's why we're here. <laughs> um, so one thing that, that obviously, the, the, this is a sick-based podcast. One thing that I have noticed in our generation... Actually, you're the. I think you're the first. No, no, no. Never. I take that back. Because Arjun was the first. But like, you're the second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you're the second person, like in our generation, that on this podcast. Most people that have been on it are older, mm-hmm. and have like done like, like been elected to high office. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, but one thing I've noticed in our generation is that like we as six take a lot of the values of our faith, and it's kind of embedded in the way we approach and see the world. Mm -hmm. How, how has that, has that been your experience? How has the values that you grew up being a sick influenced your career decisions or what you've decided to do and Mm -hmm. how you've decided to touch people? Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, my, my upbringing as a Punjabi Sikh woman is very, very visible in all the work that I do. And, well, I mean, Sikhi means to learn mm-hmm. and to, to be a student. And that plays its part in every aspect mm-hmm. of what I do. So it's always just been about education, mm-hmm. whether that's teaching people how to put an outfit together mm-hmm. or teaching, like, a unit on Pythagorean theorem. Like, mm-hmm. it's just... Or teaching a lesson on bullying. Mm-hmm. Like, everything that I do has the backbone of education. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, Seva. Mm-hmm. also my nephew's name Seva oh, but wow. um, Seva to give back and mm-hmm. to just like community service and volunteering and just making sure even though like what it is I'm doing online is is helping somebody or is giving back mm-hmm. in a sense do, just, do you do you view that as a form of teaching um, what you do on giving a, back no no oh. do you view your what you do online with fashion is a form of teaching yeah 1000 percent. like my my three videos three Mm -hmm. ways to style a pair of jeans like that's that's so to answer the first question you're really just a teacher yeah exactly see it's a full circle circle, that's all i am yeah yeah (laughs) educator yeah yeah um that's cool sandy the teacher yeah (laughs) um okay um so then what's what's your ultimate goal because you're doing so many different things like i'm sure every day has to be crazy because you have to you know, teach these kids you have to be very attentive to them but you also have this uh large audience that is looking for content um what what is your ultimate like what do you want to be when you grow up a good person okay that's <laughs> BS. Right, right, right. get that get um, that out of here boo my goal is yeah. to be an example of a punjabi sick woman who mm. just didn't compromise that but mm-hmm. at the same time made that whatever she wanted it to be right if that makes sense right no like, that makes sense yeah and to empower more girls whether they are black brown mm-hmm. white asian like whatever they are mm-hmm. 
to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, figure out what it is that they want to represent and just do it fully and wholly. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I guess, to this, this is my last question because we're running out of time. Uh, what, what, what is it then? Where are you ultimately trying to go? Are you trying to uh, go and like be full full fashion or do you see yourself trying to do both or what, where would, would you ultimately if you could pick like I know what I would pick if I if someone just was just gave me blank slate total mm-hmm. control of what I wanted my career to be but if you could totally just pick what would you want to be um I would definitely want to be working in music in some capacity mm-hmm. like as an as a stylist mm-hmm. Um, and that would kind of be what I see for myself, but I, I know that that's going to change mm-hmm. and I think that's okay, Yeah. but I just, I want to, I'm really bad at answering your question no, because no, no, every not... answer to my question is teacher. Like yeah. I want, I, where do I see myself right. as still a, as an as educator, teacher, whether yeah. that's me working for, um, on Jay-Z's next music video being yeah. the stylist. Yeah. Like that's oh, wow, whatever. you're doing that. That's pretty cool. Well, that, yeah. I'm not actually doing oh, that, oh, but oh, I'm oh, going to oh. put that out into the universe. universe. Exactly. It's in there. It's in the exactly. universe. It's in like the microphone. Whether I'm doing yeah. that or yeah. whether I'm, you know, working with yeah. Lily or Humble and on a project of theirs as somebody that's dressing them for right. the red carpet. Um, and that's that's where I see myself. And I don't... A lot of people ask me, like, will you quit your teaching job? Um once like just do fashion full time mm-hmm. but I really think that for my peace of mind mm-hmm. I would never do that mm-hmm. and maybe just have have it in my life in some capacity forever mm-hmm. so the answer to that question is also educator yeah. where right. do I see myself right so Sandy Lyon the educator there we go thank you <laughs> so we're about to do a big video with Funny or Die Funny or Die is a, a, the largest digital comedy company in the world uh, started by Will Ferrell. You're going to be one of the stars in it. Um, what what motivated you to be in this video? Definitely just the the idea of bringing six to the mainstream. And I mean, like that, I think that's already happening so much in so many different places. And um, I definitely want to be a part of that movement and share that and be involved in something that is sharing our beautiful religion and and showcasing it on like a national platform right yeah no i totally agree i think that for me like strategically the the thing is is that like one obviously to bring people into them like our message and our values into the mainstream and what i've learned from just doing this campaign that our values really resonate with yeah. with everybody mm-hmm. and, and not even because they're just like quote-unquote sick values but they're truly universal values, values yeah. yeah and just educating people on that right a hundred percent and that's what what this video going back to being a teacher yeah <laughs> that's what this this whole video is about is literally teaching people in a comedic way yeah. in a way that's open to people and in a, in, in a political context that i feel like is very um tribal and uh loud and not that mm-hmm. um that this hope i hope this video will have a refreshing take on those things and my ultimate hope for for the community and, and for for people like you is that it gives more people an opportunity that are creative on the biggest platforms in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I 
I always want to acknowledge the people who are doing it right now already on the big platform and I think that's such a big win for us and we need to just keep being in the places and environments that allow us to continue to do that. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. There we go. Yeah. (laughs) Hey everyone. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Subscribe to Sick Meets World on your favorite podcasting platform and share it with your friends and family. Stay tuned for our next episode, which comes out next month. And of course, be sure to check out the National Sick Campaign website for more information.